Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Welcome. Glad to see everyone here today. It's good to share this time of, uh, of love and fellowship and worship together with you, uh, the people of God. We uh, welcome everyone. We welcome our guests especially and, and uh, hope that you'll feel very much part of our family as we worship God together. And I'd like to remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out so we could have a record of your attendance with us this morning. Uh, we would certainly appreciate that. have uh, several activities I uh, want to call to your attention today. Uh, first of all, our youth will be having a uh, water day today. Is that right? From 5 to 7. And a water day. Is baptism involved in that at all? or? Just playing with water, playing with water. That sounds like fun. So come ready to get wet uh, from 5 to 7 today. Uh, speaking of water, next week uh, the youth and the children will be having a back-to-school swim party at the Crafton's house, and that will be uh, right after the worship service next week. And um, guess what, folks? Upward is right around the corner. We had a had a wonderful uh, Upward Volunteer Breakfast. Thank you all who participated in that. And uh, we, are, um, uh, we are soliciting volunteers for the Upward season. And, you know, there's not a person here who can't do something. Uh, if, it's, if it's praying or coaching or uh, working in the concession stand or sweeping up after or setting up before, anybody can do something to help with our upward program, and it, uh, and it takes a lot of people to get this, uh, uh, to make this a successful program. And so if you would like to volunteer with Upward in any way possible, uh, please see, uh, see Matthew or Christine, and, and we will sign you up for, to be a volunteer for our Upward. We have registrations that are beginning a week from Tuesday, so it's right here upon us, folks, and, uh, and we need all, all hands on deck here. We need a lot, of, uh, a lot of help here in the weeks coming up. Also, uh, hopefully you were handed, uh, when you came in, a uh, copy of Deacon Expectations. This is something that we go by to kind of um, uh, tell our deacons what, what, or tell people what are expected of our deacons and everything. So, uh, and that's something for you to look at because we're looking ahead towards having our deacons' elections in a, in a month or two. And um, I, I want you to, to look at those, at those deacon expectations, and be praying about those. And, and here's the thing. If you don't want to be considered to be a deacon, then there's a sheet on the table on the way out here that has your name on it. And if you do not want to be considered, please scratch your name off of that list. Either that or call the church and let them know that you don't want to be uh, considered. Because I'll tell you what happens. Sometimes people will have their names on there and people will vote for them, people will nominate them, and then they don't, um, uh, they don't want to be a deacon. And so those are wasted votes. And uh, so if you don't want to be considered, please scratch your name off of, off of that. Also, um, coming up soon, uh, next month, is our annual Sureway fundraiser. Mike, did you want to say something about that? Good morning and greetings from the missions and ministry team. Uh, 
two big events coming up. Uh, the first and our, and our largest fundraiser is the Sherway fundraiser. It's going to be on the 12th and 13th of September. And we need your help again. And I want to thank you for a really good uh, fundraiser last year. You all supported it. You uh, got out and got the stuff pre-sold. And that's the pre-sales is the backbone of our fundraiser. When we get good pre-sales, we, we have a really good fundraiser. Uh, they were excellent last year, and uh, so we hope to do the same again. Uh, also, uh, uh, the tickets, we're going to try to have some tickets ready by this next week, okay, and also a sign-up sheet. And we also need your help in manning the, and getting the chickens prepared and uh, to make the plates and to get them sold at, at, at Sherway. So be looking for a sign-up sheet out front here. Uh, probably have it up sometime during this week, hopefully before Wednesday, and uh, and try to pick you out a time that you can help us. Uh, we really need a lot of help, especially right around the 11, 12, when uh, we're packaging everything up and getting ready to send it to the businesses or wherever, and, and then people are coming up and wanting uh, stuff, you know, right from uh, the public, right out of the lot there. So uh, be looking for the sign-up sheet. Uh, also, I want to mention our, our Highway 60 rummage sale coming up the first weekend of October on a Friday and a Saturday. This year we're going to, instead of setting up on Highway 60, we're actually going to have it right here in the church here. So we've decided this year that we'll, we'll also accept clothes since we're having it inside. Uh, if you have clothes or any other items, uh, just bring them to the church. There's a room right upstairs here by the next to the youth room or under the steps. Huh? Okay. Uh, we will be cooking pork chops, hamburgers, hot dogs, and have drinks and chips like we did in the past for that. So uh, thank you for your support in the past. And uh, so please be looking for the sign-up sheet and uh, try to get some tickets sold. And thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. Now let's stand and let's greet each other in the name of the Lord.
Will you join me in our responsive reading? Spirit of Christ, you are our comforter, our helper, our advocate, our very present help in times of trouble. You do not leave us alone. Your faithfulness is not an accident, and our faith is not born of chance. We test you at every turn, and you are still there. We wonder if you will get through the hard times, and by your grace we do. We worry about strength for tomorrow, and then we remember your faithfulness yesterday. Spirit of Christ, enter our hearts with your peace that passes all understanding. Come quietly into hospital rooms and wait with us. Come gently into homes where there are tears and catch them in your hands. Come calmly into our anxious schedules and give us awareness of your presence. In our human ways, may we be forever helpers, advocates, people who help in times of trouble, always in the spirit of Christ, our comfort beyond all. Scripture reading for today comes from Matthew 14, 22 through 33. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came walking toward them in the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And there he cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out on the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You have little faith. Why do you doubt? When they go, got into the boat, they went to cease. And those who in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Thank you. 
Oh, this is my favorite time of year. You know what that is? When you all go back to school. <laughs> See, my wife's a teacher, and I've got a son in school. So if I want to take off from work and go home, there's nobody there. <laughs> uh, the scripture today, and Dr. Hobbs is also going to preach on focus on faith and not on fear. When I was about Joe's age, we didn't get cl- we didn't know who was, who was going to be in our class until we got to school that day. They didn't send out class lists by email or text or anything like that. You showed up at school, and you were all in the gym, and the teacher would come around and call your name, and you'd all go to the and I was always scared I'd get the worst teacher every year. I mean, I would literally make myself sick the night before in the morning of school. I'm, oh, I don't, I don't want to get Miss So-and-so, or I don't want to get... You know what? Every year I got the best teacher. Because they all, they all loved what they did. They loved the kids. Uh, but I would make myself so sick just worrying about, you know, it's... I know I was going to have a good school year, but I was worried about who was going to be in my class. Was, was my best friend going to be in my class, or did I not get to see him all day? Uh, we focus on the small details a lot of times, and we don't focus on the whole journey God has for us. He says he'll get us through it. doesn't say it's going to be easy, but he's going to be with us every step of the way. And we try to, fig- you know, we try to worry about, you know... Uh, Am I going to, do I have enough time to do my homework? Or can I watch my TV show at night before I have time to go to bed? We worry about all the little little details and, and things that just, in the end, they don't really mean anything. It's, it's about what we, what we learn and how we learn and how we live. Uh, that's about the only advice I've got for you kids is give it all you've got. Enjoy yourself. Learn. You think it's the worst time of your life, but you're going to look back and it's going to be the best time you've ever had. You're going to get, you're going to, get to my age or somebody else, and you're going to think, man, I wish I was back in school again. Uh, so let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all these children. We thank you for the parents. We thank you for the teachers. We thank you for your son who was our teacher and who still is. We ask that we learn from your word with an open heart and open mind and keep our eye on the journey and keep our faith and not let the little things of life bog us down. We ask all this in your name. Amen.
Let us pray. Thank you for your goodness, O God. Thank you for your word that inspires and comforts us. I pray that your words are ingrained in our minds and written in our hearts. Use us to comfort others, to say the right things, and to share your gospel of love. May your Holy Spirit help us to be still, to be patient, and wait peacefully. Show us your hand that it is in control of all things. Let us trust that you give eternal blessings and that we can have faith in God even when we do not see anything. I pray all these things in your precious name. Amen. Dr. Um, Robert Sims tells about a man in California that made a, quite a splash uh, out there. It seems that he decided to tie a bunch of uh, helium balloons to his lawn chair so that he could take a little ride. And after he tied a few balloons, he, it started to lift off, off of the ground, so he, he called his neighbors to hold it down, and he tied more balloons onto the lawn chair, uh, 40, 
50, 60 balloons. And, and while his neighbors were still holding the chair down, the man strapped himself in, and they finally let it go. Now, he expected to float up maybe about 10 feet into the air, and, and he had the sharp stick that he was going to pop the balloon so he could kind of come down and land gently on the ground. So his friends let go of the chair, and it took off. 30 feet, 40 feet, 50 feet, right up above the house and the trees and out of sight. A little while later at the Los Angeles airport, the air traffic controller heard a pilot call in saying, this is Captain Jones, flight 411. I'd like to report that I've just passed a man in a, in a lawn chair at 3,000 feet. I'm happy to report that the man eventually came down safely. And when reporters asked him, why did you do such a thing? He gave a great answer. He said, you got to do something. (laughs) You know, that just seems to be in the DNA of some people, doesn't it? You just got to do something, you know? You just got to do something. Whether right or wrong, you got to do something. There are times when you just have to do something or at least say something. And I think Simon Peter was that kind of guy. If they had helium balloons back in those days, he would have done this. He, uh, Simon Peter missed a lot of great opportunities to keep his mouth shut. But there were times when he just had to say something. And so he often planted his feet squarely In his mouth. He also missed several good opportunities to be still and to wait and to listen for the Lord. But that was simply not a part of his nature. Sometimes he just had to do something. And so in the Garden of Gethsemane, without thinking about it, he cut the ear off of uh, the high priest's servant. And here in today's lesson, he almost drowns. You know the story. This takes place immediately after the feeding of the 5,000, which we talked about last week. And if you remember last week, what Jesus really wanted to do was to get off by himself and have a time of prayer. His cousin, John the Baptist, had recently been beheaded by King Herod, and he hadn't had time to grieve yet. And at this point in the story, he still has not had time to to grieve the death of his cousin John. And he still needed to get some time alone. And so he told his disciples to get in the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side of the lake. And after he dismissed the the crowds, he went up into the mountains to pray. Well, meanwhile, the boat with the disciples in it was headed towards the other side, but it was being tossed by the wind and the waves like a little toy. The wind was against them, and they weren't making it much headway, and and, and was being bounced around. And, And then shortly before dawn, after having communed with his father, Jesus went out to where the disciples were in the boat, and he got there by walking on the water. Now, as you can imagine, this terrified the disciples. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. And, you know, you really can't blame them for that. I mean, ordinary people just don't walk on the water. I would have been scared, too. But, of course, this episode in Jesus' life has also been the target of a lot of humor. 
I heard about the Scotsman who was taking a trip to the Holy Land. And when he got to the Sea of Galilee, he was aghast to find out that, the, that it would cost $50 an hour to rent a boat to go out on the water. Hootman, he said, in Scotland I could have got a boat for $20 an hour. And the boatman said, well, that might be true, but you have to take into account that this is the Sea of Galilee, the water on which the Lord himself walked. And the Scotsman said, well, at $50 an hour, it's little wonder that he walked. (laughs) And there's also the story about the man named John in Minnesota. He had grown up hearing the family tale, told many times that his father and his grandfather and his great-grandfather all had walked on the water on their 21st birthdays. And so when John turned 21, on his 21st birthday, John and his friend Steve headed out to the lake. And he said to himself, if they did it, then I can do it too. And so John and Steve rented a boat and they started paddling out to the middle of the lake. And when they got out there, John stepped out of the boat and he nearly drowned. Well, when John got home, he asked his grandmother for an explanation. He said, Grandma, why couldn't I walk on water on my 21st birthday like my father and his father and his father before him? And this feeble old Minnesota grandmother took John by the hands and looked him in the eyes and said, John, it's because your father and your grandfather and your great-grandfather were all born in January. And you were born in July. Well, you know, I I guess if it had been January and the Sea of Galilee was somehow frozen over, then anyone could have walked on the water. But this was not Minnesota. And this wasn't January. And Jesus, and yet Jesus did walk on the water. And his disciples were afraid when they saw him. And Jesus tried to calm them down saying, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. And, of course, Simon Peter, he speaks up, doesn't think very very well, but he speaks up and he said, Lord, if it's really you, then tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come on. So Matthew tells us that Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water. And came towards Jesus. And, 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 just, and just think about this for a minute. Put yourself in, in, in Simon Peter's shoes here. I can just imagine Peter doing this and starting to think to himself, Man, look at me. This is great. I'm doing it. I'm walking on the water. But then he looked around and he noticed the wind was whipping up a little bit. And suddenly he was afraid. And he started to sink. Lord, save me, he cried. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and saved him. And I just imagine Jesus had a little smile on his face when he said, You have little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they got back in the boat, the wind died down. And Matthew tells us that those who were in the boat worshipped Jesus and said, Truly, you are the Son of God. And yes, Jesus is the Son of God. That's why we're here today. 
But I also believe that we can learn some things from Peter's experience, from his perspective of this story. And I think the first thing that we can learn is this. Sometimes you have to do something. (laughs) Sometimes you just have to do something. That guy in the lawn chair was right. Sometimes you just have to do something. And and really, if you think about it, I believe that's why we kind of have a warm spot, spot in our hearts when it comes to Simon Peter. Because he wasn't the kind of guy to just sit around and reflect on the situation. He was the guy who acted first and then thought about it later. And sometimes that got him into trouble. But you know something? At least he lived out his convictions, and at least he was in the water where the action was. And and that's refreshing, isn't it? Most Christians tend to be overcautious, never taking a step out of the boat, kind of like the other disciples. The philosopher Soren Kierkegaard once called the decision to follow Jesus a leap of faith, like jumping off of a cliff. And maybe that's why so few of us really want to follow Jesus. It's because we're not really all that into cliff jumping. We're not that adventurous. And, and you know it's true. I mean, we're good people. We're, we're nice people. We were brought up to respect the rights of others. We try hard to keep the Ten Commandments and a few lesser commandments that aren't even in the Bible. And we, we don't have any major vices, but we really don't have any major virtues either. We're kind of like that young woman, that sad young woman in the glass menagerie who expects a gentleman caller to ring her bell and to to love her at first sight and to marry her, but she doesn't do anything to attract a young man's attention. She just waits while life passes her by. And you know, I believe that God must get frustrated when with those of us who are content just to sit and wait. Because, folks, there's a world out there that needs saving. There was a message in an ad in the Wall Street Journal a while back that I think we would all benefit from. It said, The greatest waste of our natural resources is the number of people who never achieve their potential. Get out of the slow lane. Shift into the fast lane. If you think you can't, you won't. If you think you can, there's a good chance you will. Even making the effort will make you feel like a new person. Reputations are made by searching for things that can't be done and doing them. Aim low, boring. Aim high, soaring. Well, Simon Peter wanted to soar. Maybe not in a lawn chair, but Peter had a sense of of adventure. And maybe that's why Jesus chose Peter to lead the early church. There are some times when you just need someone to act, even if from time to time they mess it up. And Peter did that quite frequently. But he was in the mix all the time. You know, as, as it has been said before, when all is said and done, more is said than done. You ever heard that? When all is said and done, more is said than done. 
And I think that's probably particularly true of the church. Sometimes you just have to do something. But notice that it was only when Peter took his eyes off of Jesus that he started to sink. And I think that's something else that we can learn from Peter today. It was only when he took his eyes off of Jesus that he started to sink. And, and that's, that's how being a follower of Jesus works. Because, you see, as long as we are focused on our faith, we're all right. But when we start focusing on our fears, we get into trouble. You know it's true. I mean, think about it. If I laid a, a 10-foot plank of wood here in front of the pulpit today, 10 feet long, maybe 18 inches wide or something like that, 2 feet or something like that. If I laid it out here in front of the pulpit today, I bet you hardly any of you would have any problem walking across it, would you? You wouldn't, would you? Ten feet wide, ten feet long, a couple of feet wide. You wouldn't. You'd have a, no problem at all walking across that piece of board. But if I suspended that board up fifty feet in the air, how many of you would be willing to walk across it? It's a different story, isn't it? You see, our awareness of our circumstances would overwhelm our confidence. If as long as it's down here where it's safe, any day. If it's up there where I might fall and really hurt myself, no way. Our circumstances overwhelm our confidence. And that's exactly what happened to Peter. He suddenly became aware of the wind and the waves and the great depth of the sea, and he became nervous. And when he suddenly realized the absurdity of what he was doing, he started to panic. And if Jesus hadn't been there, he probably would have drowned. Now, did you know that that happens sometimes in a church? A group of people will have a dream for their church, and they'll start to believe that this dream is from God and they believe that they are following God's will and, and soon they have a plan and that plan begins to materialize and other people get ex excited about what they're doing and a, a wonderful future begins to take shape. But then the inevitable happens. Opposition begins to materialize. That's too expensive, some begin to say. It's too radical. I'll, it'll bankrupt the church. And I understand that old Mr. So-and-so is against it. And if, he'll leave, if he leaves, he takes his money with him. And on it goes. And, and so, because we prefer peace in the church more than we prize progress, support begins to falter. And soon it just disappears altogether. How does that happen? How can a dream dissipate that, that once seemed to be God's will for a church? Well, here it is, folks. People begin to take their eyes off of Jesus. They listen to their fears instead of their faith. They are more conscious of the opposition than the opportunity that God has given to them. And that's the story of every church that has somehow failed to be what Christ has called it to be. Somewhere along the way, there was a turning point when the, the sound of the wind drowned out the sound of Jesus' voice. So keep your eyes on Jesus. 
that's what the secret of doing great things for God is. And here's the third thing. It is also the secret of a fulfilling life. Focus on your faith, not your, not your fears. No matter how fierce the storm may be, ignore the wind and listen to the voice of Jesus. F.B. Meyer once gave some great advice to a, a miserable woman who was, he met on a train. She recognized that Meyer was a pastor and, and, and the woman shared her burden with him. Her story was that for years she had cared for a daughter who was severely handicapped and who, but who nevertheless had brought great joy to her life. She made tea for her daughter each morning and then left for work knowing that in the evening the daughter would be there when she got home. But the daughter died. And the grieving mother was now alone and miserable. Home was not home anymore. And so Meyer gave her some wise counsel. He said, when you get home and put the key in the door, say out loud, Jesus, I know you're here. And be ready to greet him when you open the door. And, and as you light the fire, tell him what has happened during the day. If anybody has been kind to you, tell him about it. If anyone has been unkind, tell him about it, just as you would have told your daughter. Well, some months later, Meyer was back in that neighborhood, and he met the woman again, but he didn't recognize her because this time her face radiated with joy instead of the misery that she had a few months earlier. And she said, I did as you told me, and it has made all the difference in my life. I now feel that I really know him. And that, my friends, is the secret of a fulfilling life. When the storms are raging around your life, keep your eyes on Jesus. That's a lesson that Jack Baca learned from an elderly saint while he was a very young man. This lady's name was Mrs. Marion Van Devanter, but everyone called her Ms. Van. And in spite of her advanced years, Miss Van was at church every single Sunday. And every week she made the difficult climb up the stairs into the choir loft of the First Presbyterian Church in Albuquerque. Miss Van lived in Albuquerque for most of her life. And she came there as a young woman to be a nurse in the Presbyterian Church or Presbyterian Hospital there. She became a driving force in the medical community. And aided by her efforts, the hospital grew and became the largest health provider in the state. There's a statue of her as a young woman sitting at the main entrance of the hospital as an, an honor to her career. And as you might expect, Ms. Van was also a driving force in the life of her church. And when he came to know her, Jack was a college student full of idealism about what the church should be and and one day when he was sharing his ideas about the church with his pastor's wife, she suggested that he might want to talk to Ms. Van. So he did. And he complained to her about all the problems in the church. And Ms. Van just smiled. And then she sighed. And she said, Jack, I've been in the church a long, long time. 
And I've seen every problem there could possibly be in a church. And I've learned that if you fix your thoughts on the people and the problems in the church, then you won't last very long in it. The church is never just what it should be or what it could be. And so I've learned not to concentrate on the people or the problems. You just have to keep looking at Jesus. And she said, when you do that, your faith will be strong. And you'll be able to have a wonderful life as a part of the church. Keep looking at Jesus. That's the secret of a fulfilling life. That's the secret of a strong church. Now Jesus loves the Simon Peters of the world. People who are willing to get out of the boat and test the waves. And Jesus loves people who keep their eyes on him even when the winds are threatening and the waves are rolling. And Jesus loves people who focus on their faith rather than their fears. And sometimes you just have to do something. You do. But don't forget. Don't forget the cardinal rule of success in any endeavor. And here it is. Always, always, always keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. I think it's a good time to sing about that, don't you? And so we're going to have our closing hymn, number 320. Anybody guess what it is? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Let's sing all three verses of this wonderful hymn. And may it not just be a closing hymn. May it be the prayer of our hearts.
We praise you again, O Lord, for this time of worship together. We've listened for the quiet nudging of your spirit. We've sought the stirrings of your word. We want to respond to your calling to us. So help us to take courage and to not be afraid as we step out in faith to the things you'll ask from us this week. May each thought and deed be guided by your spirit. May our motives and intentions be influenced by the principles taught in your word. And may our desire be to live so as to honor and to glorify your holy name, O God. We go with your peace. We go with your love. And we go with your hope. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Oh, you're welcome.